Yeah, I just saw a thing that was a startup. I may have sent it to you. It's called what the hell is it? Bottomless. I don't know. And it's a venture. Oh, oh I yeah, I sent you, it you to told you. me that. I made the, a, I made a joke. Roaster. I made a joke. Yeah, so they're not even a coffee roaster. What they are is they partner with coffee roasters and they send you a Wi-Fi scale and you put that, you put your coffee on the scale and it lives on the scale. So when you get like down to your last couple of cups, it automatically replenishes your coffee. (laughs) So I think this is like peak subscription stupidness. When are we going to get that? But for like my actual cup of coffee. So when it gets low, like a robot drone comes out and refills it. No, it's not even going to be a robot. It's, we're not to robots yet. It's going to be like the, your Uber driver. <laughs> It'll comes. partner yeah. with uh, Uber Eats and then just knock on your door 45 minutes later after you've already made your other cup of coffee. <laughs> it's like a di- they, they wear like the diner waitress <laughs> thing and they ask you if you need a warm up on your coffee and then you say yes. <laughs> so what is our challenge or what is our talk? Oh, creative, creative apps. And creative cloud and alternatives and different stuff like that. Well, I would, I would just call it creative apps just because like creative cloud includes all kinds of creative app, creative apps. So it includes, so let's just go through them. Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, Premiere, After Effects, Lightroom. Um, Dreamweaver, the original OG. Yeah, that's how you know you're dealing with a web developer. That's really great <laughs> when they pull out Dreamweaver. Um, and then Adobe Audition, which I really like. I d- edited the last few episodes in nice. Adobe Audition. So and that's I really, really enjoy it. So that's the sad part. After I've been basically without any major subscriptions for a long time. And then I, I just recently started subscribing to a, a development kind of thing. Uh, and then while I was traveling, I rebought the Photoshop Lightroom package because. I was tired. So I, I tried to get into uh, Affinity Photo and their collection of stuff because they had some like cheaper stuff for iPad and they had like a big sale where they had stuff on iPad and the desktop versions. And I was like, okay, I'm going to buy this once. I'm going to get off of Adobe. This will be great. I spent like four months trying not to use it because I don't know how, even though half the key commands are the same, they're still different. And then I was just, I got to a point where I was like, I know Lightroom, like in Photoshop, like the back of my hand, I need to get a bunch of photos edited. Why am I spending so long trying to figure this out? I would rather just spend 10 bucks a month than the random half hour every time I'm trying to get something done to figure out how to do it better. So I I bought Lightroom and Photoshop subscription again, and it's great. And I use it basically every day. All right, done with this podcast. We're done. Just buy buy Adobe Creative Cloud stuff if you need it. So after all that time, I failed my desire to get away from Adobe and a bunch of subscriptions. I was like, $10 a month is worth the cost to save the headache. Yeah, I think I kind of fell into the same boat with you. I had this revelation like years ago. Because, yeah... It's mo- I think it's when I started being a freelancer because I'm like, do I want to save money? I can easily save money by buying this alternative app. Right. Right. But what you run into, especially when you're working in a creative field, if you're doing it sp- not for your own creative projects, but for work, you get sent Photoshop files. And then if you try to open it in Pixelmator or Infinity or Affinity Photo, like sometimes it messes up. 
Yeah. Right. It's like, not like it a perfect one for one. Yeah. And again, it's the same problems, which, yeah, it doesn't have all the tools I'm used to or doesn't work in the same way and doesn't re export out. So there's a lot of times in my job where I need to like just open a Photoshop document, pull a piece out or change a color of something or change a font of something and resave it. Yeah. That's like a lot of my job, right? I'm not like a, I'm not in Photoshop creating masterworks. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's one of those things though. It's like, I, I used to have a ton of subscriptions. Like, I mean, I paid for like an iPhone on the payment plan thing. I had, you know, Amazon Prime and then, you know, Netflix and Hulu. And I would bounce between like either Spotify or Amazon Music or Apple Music or something like that. And it's like, I just got tired of that. Like, I, I'm somebody who's pretty in control of like the finance stuff that I do. And there's just like, you know, I hated kind of that nickel and diming thing, especially when you, you know, you can always turn it on and off again, but it's like, it's never quite that easy. Like you still have to jump through hurdles and you know, Adobe was sort of one of the last vestiges of something that I was just like, this is just sitting here and I use it, but what if I could use something else and I could just pay for it once? It's like, cause I got away from Illustrator once I started using Sketch and I like Sketch. Uh, but that was the thing where originally you bought it once and you had it forever. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Now yeah. it's $100 a year this. or whatever. Now you have to pay a yeah. yearly subscription. So I'm like 10 updates behind now on Sketch as well. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that's why whenever, when basically I feel like that was the tipping point when Adobe went to Creative Cloud, which I think from their for their business side, I think it was a genius idea. Like and killing, not even pretending that we're gonna like sell you it on the side. Be like, this is this is the new paradigm now. Deal with it. Yeah. And now you have all the bonuses of from Adobe's side. Like everybody's on essentially everybody's on the newest version. I mean, it's the same thing that like. Apple and Microsoft did, or Microsoft still sort of charges. Yeah, Microsoft is in that halfway thing where it's like, if you want to get uh, Office 365, if you want the Office apps, you can still buy them and be, you know, some companies you, <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a frequent frequent uh, changer of jobs or freelancer, you go to some companies and they'll install Outlook on your computer and it's like a 12 year old version of Outlook because they <laughs> bought it 12 years ago. But it's like Microsoft still charges, it's like $100 now for Windows 10, but it used to be a lot of money and so did Apple's whenever you'd have to like upgrade to Snow Leopard or whatever. It's like that, that was a lot of money and now it's just, it's free and the benefit, I mean, you know, it's still like the hardware and stuff's expensive, but you now have everybody essentially getting on the newest, you know, most secure, most updated stuff uh, faster, which I think is a good thing. I, I'm sure it's good for developers as well that you don't have people clinging on to Photoshop three from, you know, 90, the nineties, because it was like, you know, they torrented it once and now they're like keeping a hold of it or whatever. Yeah. And the, at the economics, at least the economics of creative cloud don't make any sense. Don't make any sense to me with like the two packages, the photography package for 10 bucks. Great deal. Like 10 bucks just to get Photoshop. Great deal. And Lightroom, um, and which I use every day. Yeah, basically. And Lightroom. I'm not a Lightroom yeah. person, but yeah. I know a lot of people who do that. But then the Creative Cloud all apps is 50, 50 ish bucks a month. But if you want an individual app, just want to buy an individual app, right? Yeah. It makes no sense. If you just want to buy photo, if you just want to buy Photoshop, it's $21 a month. Yeah. That makes no I, sense. It's half of the Creative Cloud and it's double the price of the photography bundle. It does feel like they need a way to, to like, 
pick two or pick three or whatever. Take a take a page out of Panera's book and pick two. Exactly. I, I don't want an apple. I want a bread. <laughs> on the side. Um, but yeah, like it makes no sense. Yeah, I would not. I don't need all these apps. So maybe that is part of their thing too. They want to give you all these apps. So. So, but you, you just said that about audition, like, had you not had audition just kind of available, what would you have used? Well, if, if it was five bucks a month, I probably would have just bought it. Right. But if it was, yeah, I, I probably would have used Audacity or something, yeah. which I've used before, but it's way not as good. Yeah, Audacity is, it's a good free way to get audio in, but I've, I remember using it in the past uh, in a little bit recently that it's it feels very clunky. Like it feels like an old windows app and it's, it's difficult to, for me to mix and stuff on it. When I, I actually grew like I was trained on uh, pro tools and avid and stuff like that uh, years ago. And now I, even for these, like a lot of these podcasts, like I'll just do them in GarageBand cause they're, it's faster. I don't need quite as much as what logic will give me. So this works well enough and, uh, you know, it just, it works out as a free alternative, but I know, uh, audition's good. Um, do you, fo- or not photo edit, do you video edit much? Cause I'm curious what you use for that. You can check out my YouTube channel at ambientbackdrops.com, um, which I've edited. Uh, I use final cut, but I bought it like a, the second it came to the app store and I've never had to buy it again and it updates all the time. So that's like a weird aberration. If, if not, I would be using Premiere probably. Yeah, so Final Cut 10 is the one that a lot of people use now, but I remember when it first came out, like a lot of people, a lot of photo pe- or video people were really upset because it really sort of like simplified the process. Yeah, it was like iMovie yeah. Plus instead of like... At least that's what people said and it wasn't that egregious. Well, the big thing, the nicety about, I feel about Final Cut, at least on a Mac, is like they do do a lot to take advantage of the hardware. It used, I think Premiere is kind of caught up, but like for a long time, it was like the, like you're getting the most performance out of using Final Cut over any other video app on the Mac. Yeah. And before that, like the big one was Avid, which is owned. I think Avid's a company, but it's people who own Pro Tools. And like Pro Tools was the gold standard for years and years for audio. Oh, Avid is also Pro Tools? Yeah. It's the same company. But yeah, and I I don't do much video. uh, So I'm kind of stuck trying to figure out what I'm going to do as I do periodically edit stuff. And uh, I, I don't have a good solution. Like I should probably you know, pony up and get premiere. There's also a really good alternative that I've used a little bit called uh, DaVinci, which is apparently like a... Is that free now? So DaVinci Resolve, I believe is the... There's two different ones. There's... Color grade. It's like color. Yeah, there's a color grade, which is supposedly like a world-class color grader. But then the entire editor is completely free. And I've heard really good things about it. So like I've poked around a little bit. Yeah, Blackmagic, the company, bought them. Blackmagic's a great company, by the way. They make really good stuff. Yeah, so it's free to download, and I've poked around, and it's 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 really good. Um, I'm curious what I'm curious if their goal is to just be like we're going to try to be the best free option, and then if you need, you know, the expert stuff, or I think they have a pro plan which then lets you do, um, um, 
like handling files between teams and stuff like that. But as a personal, like a one use kind of thing, uh, the free DaVinci is, is pretty strong. Uh, I just, I don't quite do enough video editing to, to know how to fully take advantage of everything. Yeah. I think a lot of, this is like a, a growing sector because of the, all the YouTube kids. And I think they've all outgrown iMovie. You can definitely tell when something's been edited in iMovie right. versus something else because iMovie has very recognizable built-in transitions, built-in uh, text stuff. When you built star in wipe and loops. you do whatever else. Star wipe, yeah. st star wipe, star wipe. So, but like another thing is Adobe came out with Adobe Premiere Rush, mm -hmm. which is like the light version of Premiere. Um, that's only 10 bucks a month. Oh, interesting. So yeah, that they've been heavily sort of uh, promoting that as well. And I think that is also there's free ver the desktop is I think it's ten bucks a month, but I think they have free versions for mobile devices, so like iPad and uh, Android. Yeah, and that, I mean that's a whole other section of things of of editors that like I feel like are supposed to be coming up, and yet nobody actually uses them because they're just not as strong. Or I don't know anyone who who does stuff like that even their um their lightroom app on ipad is is decent you can actually do some like color correcting and stuff on it but it's still it doesn't feel nearly the same as just getting it on a desktop yeah i think that is one of the things that prevents me from like really diving super deep into creative creative cloud because of that mobile stuff they put like that most of the apps adobe apps on mobile devices are baby apps they can hard they can't even really read or make the, they call them they, they call them photoshop they call them premiere they call them whatever but it doesn't even read the same file format that the desktop exports right so i think that was i think they're they're course correcting now and we know they're bringing full-ish photoshop to the ipad and i would i assume they will roll out most everything else eventually as well if that works out um, but I think they did themselves a huge disservice by calling these apps their big boy brother right. app names. So, like, in that vacuum, there's been a lot of good mobile, you know, apps that do the same things. Like, you mentioned Affinity. Affinity has a desktop, but they also have a very good mm -hmm. tablet app. Yeah, they're really strong. It's It's still... Yeah, I'm in a place where I don't I don't know how to edit photos on an iPad. Like it doesn't feel the same. <laughs> no, and I don't even. Yeah, I tried with uh, GarageBand and their iPad app because I was really hoping to be able to like take the podcast that we do and edit them on an iPad, especially while I'm traveling or something like that. And it's just like, a it doesn't work because one of the knocks about GarageBand is that their files are really heavy. Like four audio tracks for an hour or so is easily a four or five gig file. And so it's just like even transferring that onto an iPad is is difficult. Yeah, I think that's a whole nother show or another challenge because I do want to do that at some point, like live that life where we're trying to be creative on non-Macs essentially or non-PCs. Right. Yeah, and I, I think there's an interesting balance in the way that most normal people can edit photos. Like it makes, you know, like that's what Instagram did so well is that it, it, it did two things. It the early days of Instagram hid the upload process behind you picking filters. So it did all the heavy lifting while you were, you know, typing your caption and you were adding a filter. 
So it felt like it was really fast. And then it allowed anybody to essentially add in a, an unsaturated washed down version that made it look somewhat cool. But with most people like getting into like a Lightroom alternative or something like that is going to struggle to know what to do. And then you get into this place where, um, you know, you, you see it sometimes where it's like this entire car commercial was shot on an iPhone. It's like, well, yeah, it was shot on an iPhone, but it was on a gimbal and it was color corrected and everything else was put behind it. So it's like, and it has, you know, perfect light. Yeah. Like you can make, you can make a, a world-class guitar player sound great on a hundred dollar guitar. Like they'll yeah. struggle a little bit, but it's like, <laughs> they know how to do that. And it's like, it's the same thing with kind of the vice versus you have these like kind of play apps or these drawing apps. And, you know, you can have a Disney animator get on one of those and they make something that looks really good. But it's like you get a yeah, normal person Yeah, but then you don't discuss on, with them. At, yeah, that makes a good commercial, but then you don't discuss with them after is like, okay, I'm going to use that for the rest of your life now. How is that going to apply into your workflow? Like, yeah, I, I think some people, some people will use it in their workflow, but they're not going to use it all the way through for every little thing, even though that's kind of like what they're trying. Apple is trying to sell you. Yeah. And, it's like this is the one device that does everything. And I, I think that's maybe the most interesting point. And it's kind of funny this just came back to like an iPad argument. But I I cannot think of a single job or position or company that I've ever seen where people are given iPads or using iPads for anything other than like anything other than web testing. Like nobody uses <laughs> it in a creative field yet because even though it's maybe slightly more expensive using just a normal laptop still wins out every time. I want to get back to actual creative apps. Okay. All right. So of creative cloud, you mentioned you use Photoshop and Lightroom. Were there, are there any ones that you also use like either for personal use or in your job that you need or considering purchasing or finding alternatives to? Uh, well, not anymore because like I used Illustrator a little bit, but now i wouldn't even think to use anything other than sketch at least for my and i'm not an illustrator per se like building web mocks or something is i think is handled better in you know something like sketch um which is sort of becoming more of the standard although adobe now has adobe xd i do i use adobe xd a lot i like it it's and it's free in some instances i don't remember exactly how but i'm using it for free somehow yeah um yeah, I haven't really... I think I first played with it when it was Comet. It was under a different code name. And, and it was in beta for a very long yeah. time, too, and it was free. So there's uh, that. Although it's, it is interesting now. There's a couple other ones. There's even some that are completely web-based. Uh, one of them is called Figma, I think, which is similar to that space. Um, but that's really it. I... Like I, said, I don't really need a video editor too much, but I probably am falling on the free stuff like this DaVinci Resolve until I know I need something different. Uh, obviously, Dreamweaver is a joke. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm so surprised because like there is like, I feel like it's almost a renaissance of, you know, code editors happening, right? There is Adam, there's... Uh, VS Code, there's uh, Sublime just literally today had an update. Oh, really? Um, yes, like a point update, but they added some stuff. Okay. Um, you know, I thought it was dead. It's back from the dead. <laughs> um, 
But like, and there's a few other ones. Coda just announced today that they're working on a new Coda, a, a modernized Coda. Okay. That may be called something else. Um, I'm surprised Dreamweaver is so neglected seeming that like, I don't, they may be giving it updates every year, but I'm not sure what they are. It doesn't seem like it is something that's um, targeted to the modern web developer. It doesn't feel like that. And I mean, I joked and to be honest, I don't know what they've updated in recent years, but can it, can it even handle like full projects, like legit projects with NPM and vendor files and stuff like that? I don't, I, I seriously don't know. I don't think I've ever used it beyond like as a kid play with like HTML on it and stuff like that. Exactly. Same. And it made me a bad developer because it made you, it makes everybody a bad de- developer because it makes it feel like you can make a website without understanding what's happening. Right. It's like using that so. old Apple web creator or whatever it was called to like make websites. <laughs> Guys, good news has Git support. I'm just looking at the what's new. For Dreamweaver? For Dreamweaver. <laughs> That's amazing. Git support is new. Support for Bootstrap 4. So I think they're keep. It seems like it's more or less keeping up with modern things, but I don't think the sensibility is modern. Although, I mean, sense. to its credit, like it's easy to knock it because we both work as professional web developers who know how to get into like a real code editor. But if somebody is if somebody is not a web developer or only wants kind of the basics and if they can kind of drag and drop a a boot uh, a bootstrap kind of CSS template in and kind of build things off of that, like you know more power to them like if you can build a website and then create something that publishes itself like i mean yeah you know but i think i think things like squarespace and you know even new versions of wix have jumped into like that thing like all right well if you don't know how to code like what are the chances are you can get this on a server no for sure i'm curious how dreamweaver handles that or if they if they export everything or if they send everything up to a server or not um I don't know that part. Yeah. So that so that's really it for you, the Photoshop. Yeah, I mean, it kind of all comes down to like, can you replace Adobe? Because Adobe essentially has everything. Like, I'm trying to think of something that Adobe just strictly doesn't do. Uh, and I don't know if I can really name anything that isn't super specialized uh, or is code. Like, obviously, it can't really handle code, but it can handle wireframes and mocks now that are pretty good. Um, you know, I think that was, that was kind of the goal for a long time for me to just like get away from some of these subscription services. And it's just like, it's, you know, I, I had taken actual classes on Photoshop, so I knew it pretty much like the back of my hand and I learned Lightroom really well after, you know, for a couple of years and there are, you know, I think the photo editors are sort of a dime a dozen and they all kind of feel like they're close, but if they can't get there, then it's it's a hindrance. Like you know, there there is a there's a big cost in switching tools, especially if you know the tool really well. Yeah, to me, it always all comes back down to I'm working more or less. I use these tools in a professional-ish environment where either, even if I'm working on a project for myself, I'm usually sometimes working with another person. And, you know, if you're going to share files, 
if it's a file that is, you know, they're, they're proprietary, but they're more or less universal because they're just so ingrained in how creative work happens. You know, I'd much rather tell someone, you know, here here's a photo, here's a PSD, and so you give someone a a, a, a Pixelmator, dot Pixelmator <laughs> file, they'll be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. So I had I had your like dilemma, but like I had your dilemma four years ago, and ultimately came to the conclusion that at least as a professional, fifty two dollars a month to do get all my creative apps that are well done apps that are updated every year, yeah, are is well worth yeah. it. But yeah, I agree with you that I really wish that this pricing of individual apps was better because I don't I don't like the fact that I'm paying thir- you know fifty two dollars a year to use four apps of the. 12 that are in here yeah so you're subsidizing uh yeah InDesign. i want to subsidize dreamweaver yeah indesign and dreamweaver no thank you maybe that's part of their business model but it doesn't make much sense to me so if each one of these apps was five dollars right which would still if you added all them up would still be more than the the creative cloud all apps bundle but i just pick three out of there i just need photoshop illustrator and premiere yeah 15 bucks a month, well worth it. You'll have that money for me forever. And yet they have 52 from you forever, so. Yeah, yeah. so, they, yeah, exactly. They figured something exactly. out. Yeah. The one thing about Creative Cloud that I wish, when I heard about Creative Cloud, beyond the, like, change in the business model, which I, I personally liked, but the um, the idea of Creative Cloud, because it, it is also has its, it includes, like, basically their Dropbox, right? Their cloud right. syncing. I was hoping that they would do a lot more to make sharing creative elements and versioning creative elements in the cloud better. And I really mm-hmm. haven't seen that. That That is like the frontier. Like, I think they, I once, uh, a while ago, it was, I forget the name of the company, but they were essentially like, it was like Git for Photoshop. Yeah. Uh, essentially. And Adobe bought them and I had not done anything with them. So I would love that. So like you could log if you could log into like your creative repo and then look at all the versions in a web interface of this file and then comment on it or add a bug or add a ticket to it, it would be amazing. Yeah. I mean you can do a little bit of that with um Envision and some of these X- apps that XD has that stuff built in, but imagine it built into like the the app itself. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I wish that was available in Docs. Like, I wish Docs and Spreadsheets had better versioning history. At least that was more publicly accessible. Because, like, I feel like that would that would make uh, collaboration, like, like collaborating yeah. on files and I stuff, think, a lot yeah. stronger. They obviously have all this data. If they, it just needs the interface to make it like presentable and understandable. Yeah, you look at the history of a Google Doc; it's not presented nicely. Yeah. So. so yeah, that that was my like. I feel like the next thing, and one other thing I'll mention about Adobe is like, and I've 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 sort of kept up with like the internals, like so because they'll have Adobe Max every year, and yep. they'll announce a lot of new features, and they'll have interviews. I listened to an interview with like some Photoshop team leads, and one of the things is like Photoshop is still very a very old code base, code base. like it's very old, mm-hmm. and. You know, and they they asked them the question that I would have asked them was like, is it not just better to yeah, keep running Photoshop Classic, right? But uh work on like new Photoshop right. that is built on modern frameworks 
that make you know that is going to be very fast that's going to get rid of rid of a lot of clutter that's going to get rid of things that are not as well used or even more so better define what photoshop is because photoshop now is not really used in a lot of cases for photos it's original intent right it's used for mock-ups it's used for a lot of web stuff i mean i mostly use it to crop and resize <laughs> yeah but i i know people that's what it's used for but there's so many people who use photoshop for web design yeah. Well, that's where I think I think Sketch really came through is that it it was enough of what you needed from Illustrator, but Illustrator is kind of hard if you don't know, you know, it's like if you don't know the curves and gradients part of Illustrator, that works really well. But then you have the layering mechanic of Photoshop and it's like that that worked really, really well. And, you know, three or four years ago, Sketch completely took off and kind of dominated that scene. And now it's kind of the gold standard, even though you have XD and stuff rising. Uh, it it found a really good place in the middle for that use case. Yeah, and then, you know, things like InVision as well. So you'd think that Adobe at some point would launch a competitor to something like InVision where all these apps could, you know, upload their assets to a cloud that you could then comment on, mock up. I mean, is there not already? Like, I would be baffled if, if it's not something similar to it. Like, XD does do stuff like that, but it's not, it doesn't feel like a cohesive um, okay. Thing in the way like Envision is, where it's yeah, you know, you think Photoshop like my, my when I'm what I'm saying in regards to Photoshop and it like splitting like a web tool like forking it to ha to change it to like one that is purely for photos. Like in reality, I would probably take the photo parts, the most used photo parts out of Photoshop and put them into Lightroom, and Lightroom is the photo is the photo manipulation app. And then Photoshop becomes like the mm. the raster editor for everything, right? Um, including like, say, you need to make a banner image for the web. Like, it would know that it's doing it for the web and present you with tablet, desktop, and mobile size classes, sure, or something, right? That's more what I'm thinking. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Why? So, fo so follow that. Trend. Why hasn't Adobe just bought? envision or marvel or one of those companies right they definitely have the money to do that i think maybe they're working on it themselves they tend i mean they bought macromedia mm -hmm. right and they they integrated a lot of their apps in into things like remember fireworks that was the web like yeah. photoshop supposed to be photoshop for the web um but it seemed they more or less integrated that the teams and then the apps kind of eventually went away sure um, yeah, so I think that's sort of the, I would want to see that, like, if they're not, if they're not, like, like, planting flags that that kind of stuff's going to happen, I think you might eventually see maybe even something like Envision come up, like, maybe they are just building, they're doing what I just said, which is like, start being more of the creator piece than just the, the cloud, uh, the cloud part of it. Yeah, exactly. They're doing the things where it's like the workflow things. It's not just like, okay, this app does a thing. This app is a piece in a workflow. Yeah. 
That'd be interesting. And I mean, especially from the pro side of things, like... And that's, that's what makes your the creative cloud more interesting than just like onesie twosie buying apps, right? That's That really will entrench you into paying them monthly. Yeah, and I mean, hopefully that collaboration works in a good way, like just not only between people, but between apps. And I mean, I, th- I think that's some of the goal, especially with some of those smaller mobile ones, like, because they're like, there's like four or five different Photoshop apps. There's like Photoshop Fix. There's some color editor yeah. one. There's that's what I was mentioning before, where it's like they they so like diluted the brand and they confused everybody. Yeah. And that's why the all these they're not used very much, and they are taken up uh, by these like other like bespoke apps for the platform yeah. that actually are powerful. One other thing I'll mention is what what are your feelings on just like I feel like a lot like creative apps that are used for work I think because of the uh, example of Microsoft Office 365 of Creative Cloud mm-hmm. um, of JetBrains um, they they're all going to this sort of subscription model. I mean, before this, Adobe was buy Photoshop for what four hundred dollars, and then buy the master suite for like a thousand or something insane like yeah. that. And then, and then upgrade four hundred every every year. year, every two years, something like that. Yeah, and it's like no wonder. I mean, it's the same thing that's happening in like videos and stuff like that. It's like you you see with countries that have Netflix and stuff, and then that torrenting has has slowed. And I think it's the same thing. It's like you're probably getting a lot. Yeah, a lot less torrenting when you can buy it there, for yeah there's so much yeah there was this like theory that like most people like who are professionals now grew up, grew up torrenting learning it as photoshop <laughs> because yeah because they pirated it as a kid and they can't it makes it much harder to do it nowadays and i wonder if that um will have an effect although they have really good pricing for students and younger people for creative cloud so i think that kind of probably makes up for yeah it. i mean that's what i'm saying now with the creative cloud like it is it is priced pretty competitively and i mean it's still like you know if you're paying for the whole thing it's it's like 600 a year like that's it's a lot it, it's hard to say if it's really I mean, I guess it's, I don't know if it's cheaper or not. I mean, I guess it's a little cheaper and you get more stuff, but you know, they have more consistent income coming in from it. So I assume they're, they're able to up their development game a little bit more, which is certainly, you know, you're seeing that in all the mobile apps they're releasing. Um, and I mean, it's still, you know, Adobe is still a quality product. And I mean, it, if, you know, the subscription makes it feel easier for the user, even though, you know, I think there is a lot of, you know, this would be a good another topic, just like subscription fatigue in general. This subscription fatigue is kind of getting crazy. Like I make an exception for creative apps that you make money off of. Not that I'm just giving money to, you know, like your example is like, yeah, I'm paying for Amazon Prime and Netflix and Hulu right. and, you know, Crunchyroll or whatever. So like that is that is just pure consumption. And your four like, loot boxes. I, I, and your free yes. But yeah, I can make an exception for like I would only buy this if I know I'm either gaining a skill that will then make me money in the future or is actively helping me build something or you know work on client work that 
makes me money. So that's why when I was freelance, I had no problem paying $50 a month 